What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Police Off the Cuff After Hours. My name is Mark DeMeo, your host. We have a very exciting show for you tonight. Um, coming to us live from New Jersey, somewhere parts unknown New Jersey. He's one of the trainers. Um, are you uh, maybe probably one of the owners? We'll find out. The only uh, owner. Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah. great. Great. Mm -hmm. uh, from uh, it's called Street Cop Training. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're doing big things out there in Jersey and traveling all around the country, um, helping law enforcement, I would imagine, with smaller agencies, get their training. Uh, every, everybody, everybody big agencies, small agencies. Okay, good, good, good. What's up, Dennis? How are you? Mark, I appreciate you having me here, my friend. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy that you could join us finally. I know I screwed up once. I, we, we had you, and then um, I don't know what happened. I was out of town or something like that, and I forgot to, to reschedule you. But I'm happy that you're here tonight. Um, so, start us with uh, where? Where? How, are you still on the job, active? No, I retired. Yeah, you look kind of <laughs> young to be retired. I got a job when I was nineteen, but I got injured my fourteenth year. All right. Yeah, so I'm forty now. Okay. Yeah, you look good for forty. So, um, was that? What the? Oh, look at the guns, huh? <laughs> yeah. You know, if I would have known you would have done that, I would have brought up some pictures. I used to be pretty big back in the day. But now, now it's not. I got nothing now. I'm a mess now. <laughs> I'm a mess. I'm a softy. But um, so when um, when you got injured, what, what, was it a leg or something? Yeah. Yeah, I got hit by uh, It's very comical because, uh, well, it's not comical. But uh, three girls who were uh, shoplifting who hit me with their car, uh, busted my knee out, and then the department paid them out $70,000 to go away. Oh, to, what do you mean? Oh, so they wouldn't sue the department? Yeah, well, the department was going to fight them, and then they calculated the bill to be like a quarter million dollars in legal fees. At first, they were going to fight me. Like, now, nah, can you curse in this podcast? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, we, dude, prefer, fuck we prefer yeah. if you do. Good. Like, you know, <laughs> we, we were kidding. having these meetings with the, uh, with the, with the staff of the town, the mayor, and he's like, fuck these people. We're not doing this. They're fucked up. They hit you. They knock, you know, the whole nine. Um, and then at some point, they just <laughs> months later, like, eh, we're just going to give them 70 grand to go away. So they split that. Um, there's a lot of things I can't talk about regarding that. But it's it's comical that people will try to use that. What they don't mention in some in, in an, one article that was written was that they retired me on that hit. So mm -hmm. <clears throat> and there was a, there was significant things that happened after that where uh, let's just say they weren't as fortunate as they thought they were with the money they received. Well, um, before I, I go down that road, I wanted to mention that, you know, the NYPD does that as well. I mentioned that, uh, you know, everybody that pays attention to the show knows that I was a, a New York City police officer for, for 20 years. I retired almost 10 years ago. Um, luckily, I didn't get hurt. But through my time on the department, I, I, I learned by working in the chief of detectives and being on the 14th floor over there, one police plaza, uh, a lot of lawsuits get settled. Most of them do anyway, even if the the cop is is 100 percent right. And it's just like you said, to save costs. Um, there's a cap usually on what they'll just throw away to people. I remember there was one incident in the church that I responded to. It was a domestic incident. The wife went to church. With it, with a child, I think they were getting separated or divorced, and um, she called the husband to come over. And when he did, he was greeted at the gate of this church by uh, by a few of the security from the church who uh, roughed him up a little bit and took his gun. And then um, other units 
responded and they closed the gate, locking uh, locking the officers that responded inside uh, with their vehicle. And the whole thing, it, it lasted quite a bit of time. And uh, they wouldn't come out from um, this parking lot where the church was. And in the end, uh, everybody did get collared once they left. And there was a lot of talking. The whole thing took like 10, 12, 15 hours. But the whole thing was absurd. It was a setup. It was it was so obvious that it was a setup. And and a lot of the people that were in the church at the time, some of them were lawyers. So they they, they were planning this thing to, to, probably to siphon money out of the city as well as make the police department look bad. And then the, the city actually, we were upset uh, to find out that the city gave him money. But they gave him like, I don't know, $5,000 a piece instead of the, the millions and millions of dollars that they thought they were going to get. So in the end, there was like 30 people that they had to pay out. I think, and uh, they all got like five thousand a piece. So it, it's really nothing for all that, that uh, the brain power that went into putting together that nonsense. It wasn't worth it. It's uh, it's a sad state of affairs at times. That's for sure. Yeah. So you got out, and um, was this some? Uh, what, what did you know? What you did you have a plan on what you do with yourself, or how did this come to be that you formed this company? Well, prior to leaving the company. I'm sorry, leaving the police department. I had already started this company. So uh, I started in 2012, November 2012. So I was already training uh, some folks in the field uh, on a class that I wrote, and it was uh, gaining some traction pretty quickly. So it was moving along rather, rather nicely. Um, and when I left, I didn't even do that full time. I actually went into real estate um, and had significant amount of success in real estate. I actually created a real estate team, and we did well. Uh, I toyed around and owned a barbershop briefly mm -hmm. and got out of that. Um, then I actually decided to, as Street Cop Training continued to gain traction and pick up speed, I then uh, just decided to dismantle the real estate team and focus my efforts 100% on police training. Yeah, well. So that was the plan. You know, I have a feeling like you would have been successful at anything that you try to do. Thank you. That's very nice of you to say, Mark. All right. And uh, uh, I appreciate that. Uh, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say hello to the people in the chat, if you don't mind. Okay. Um, there, A lot of people are excited to have you. <clears throat> oh, yeah, hey, me? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I uh, I put together a nice flyer. I appreciate so, that. So um, let's start off by doing a little roll call. Nikki Bella is in the house. She says hello to uh, Hi Mark and Angel. Angel is actually still on vacation, folks, if you can believe it. Uh, now he's in New Orleans. New Orleans. And uh, he's down there having a grand time. His sister got married. I think that's what it was. But uh, he'll be back next week. Okay. I think he's coming back sometime later on tonight. It would have been cutting it really close to get him uh, to be on the sit on the show. Kathy Bates joins us. So Kathy Bates and Nikki Bella, I'm going to put you in sector, Adam. Okay. Be careful with the car. It's a new one. Um, single mom of four, Patty L. Single mom of four says, hi, kid. She's talking to Kathy Bates. She, they all want to know what time something else is going on. Uh, Little Mermaid is with us, too, tonight. Uh, all three of you are going to have to put you on foot posts because we're short on cars tonight. So uh, you'll be a, you'll be a, you're going to have to walk a foot post. But it's a nice night out. So you'll probably you'll if you're, you're not going to get cold, hungry or wet. Let's put it that way tonight. Um, let, let's see who there's a lot of chatter between Kathy Bates and. Patty L. Milwaukee civilian. Finally, we get down to you. He says hello and good evening. He says hello to everybody. Ruth Ann Griffin. Steve C. 
Girl Friday. Louisa is a Little Mermaid. I always forget your name, Louisa. Um, and uh, Raquela Pranza. Wouldn't be a show without Raquela and Peter Pranzo joining us. Peter Pranzo of Harlem fame, Raider, Harlem Raiders fame. He wrote a book called Harlem Raiders. Uh, Ryan Investigative Group. Hey, Bill, how are you? It's good to see you out here. Lorraine, I mean, uh, Lorna McKenzie, Dawn Marie, Yankee for Life. Hey, are you guys are two and one. That's a pretty good start. Uh, you know who started a little bit better off than you, though? The New York Mets. They're three and one. <laughs> it's going to be a long season, Yankee fans. Get ready. This is our year. Uh, let's see what else we got here. I think I got to everybody. All right, Dennis. I'm sorry that I. I uh... That's all good. Milwaukee civilian says the American justice system is often less about justice than it's about conflict resolution. Sometimes resolving a conflict costs money, especially in civil matters. Very well said, Milwaukee civilian. I couldn't have said it any better myself. You want to write for the show, Milwaukee civilian? You doing anything? Uh, okay. Uh, Stephanie Morris. Morris is also here with us. We got a lot of people jumping on the chat. Girl Friday, one Mark DeMeo, former sergeant. LOL. All right, former. All right, Girl Friday. Hi, Girl Friday, former sergeant. All right, so Dennis, back to you and all the exciting things you're doing out there in Jersey. So, what kind of facility? That I know um, you have so many different training courses. I was looking at the website, and since we're uh, talking about the website, if those uh, people want to check it out as well, I'll. Uh, Streetcop.com. Yeah, it's, uh, this is what the logo looks like. So if you're looking at streetcoptraining.com. Oh, it's streetcop, streetcop.com. Mm -hmm. Well, it's both. They both work. So I bought streetcop for a, a hefty fee, and it just redirects you to streetcoptraining.com. They also have um, – this would be your Instagram page right here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's TikTok, what that would look like TikTok too. if you want to follow them. And uh, – there's a Facebook page. We'll talk about this Facebook because you have a conference coming up. We'll we'll, uh, we'll show some video la later on in the chat about, from your 2021 conference and let people know what they can look forward to if they come to it, uh, the 2023. Uh -huh. uh, but, um, okay, so tell us, it looks like you have at least 30, 40, maybe 50 different courses that you teach. And you have a, a lot of instructors. How many instructors do you have working for you? We're north of 30 instructors and probably about 15 in the hopper at the moment. And how does somebody go to become uh, an instructor with you? I saw if you'd like to be an instructor on the website, what kind of credentials do you need? Like, for example, I got Bill Ryan out there. He's, he's a little old in the tooth, but he knows his stuff. Maybe he wants to get down. We have an instructor, Eric Baum, who teaches interview and investigation. Uh, Eric is 58. Um, he's a renowned interviewer. Uh, I think he investigated sex crimes in Bergen County, New Jersey. And he taught at the Top Gun program for years as a keynote speaker. And we're, he's a great guy and we're lucky to have him. Mm -hmm. I think he's the only Jewish guy on our team, which is good because now we get to celebrate two holidays around the around December. This is phenomenal news for us. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, we have somebody wants to be an instructor with our training program. You have to be an expert in a field for what you want to teach. So, for example, if you want to teach case law, you'd have to be very, very savvy and almost a savant at understanding Fourth Amendment uh, and case law regarding the U.S. Supreme Court and that to your state. We have a guy who teaches hidden compartments and high-end uh, high vehicle interdiction. So 
here's a guy who's found over 300 electronic hidden compartments in cars in his 12 to 13 year tenure as a police officer. Um, we have another guy, Ken Williams, AKA the Red Ninja. He teaches a class called Interdiction Mastermind. So this is one of the most profound interdiction officers. And just to talk about interdiction for a second, it's quite, quite comical, but he's, he's one of the most profound interdiction officers in the country. Uh, Kenny knocks down two to three significant seizures on the highway on cold stops every week. And I don't talk about a pound of weed. I'm talking about a guy knocks down 150 pounds, 10 kilos, a couple hundred grand in cash, million dollars weekly, uh, three times a week, two to three times a week. Uh, but the phrase interdiction is comical because it's a phrase that ref that references somebody who goes out and tries to stop crime on roadways. And I've always said to people, if you're not an interdiction officer, what kind of police officer are you? Mm -hmm. Because I don't know what, what, <laughs> what you think your job is. A guy sent me a message on LinkedIn recently and he said, yeah, you were like a drug interdiction guy. Uh, what were you? <laughs> like, <laughs> like if you're, it, what, 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 what kind of cop were you? Uh, you mm -hmm. I mean, don't you want to get drugs and guns and ban people off the street? I don't know. It's just me. I just, mm -hmm. but we have, uh, you'd have to be an expert in the field. So this guy is able to translate what he knows, his knowledge. He shares it with the world to other police officers. And it actually took me a while to convince him to do that. And one of the best stories that comes out of his training is that a gentleman after taking his training course was able to shift his focus from writing what I like to call bullshit tickets and sort of paying attention to the indicators of criminality that Kenny taught him. And two months after class, he's able to interdict and save a nine and a 12 year old who were kidnapped four hours prior, one state away. And were 20 minutes away from being sold in the black market, legit kidnapping being sold in the black market. And in their FBI interview, they said they knew they were going to be saved when the blue lights came on. So I'm thankful that that gentleman decided to turn his stupid radar unit off and open his eyes. And he saw something that wasn't right. They saved two kids. And if we can do that with one person, imagine what we could do with 750,000 cops, how much more impact we can have in society to do the things that actually matter than go out and harass everybody with tickets all day. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, but I also I'm looking at uh, the current times that we're living in and how, especially in, there's no other way to say it, but blue states and blue cities, um, it looks like they're- Blue cities. They're, I don't know about blue states, but I would say blue cities for sure. Well, blue cities, they're definitely pulling away from, they're trying to get away from car stops. Um, and um, Stupidity. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because what you're talking about is that's where all the drugs, that's where the guns, that's where the uh, human trafficking- That's right. Um, Why are we not pulling towards traffic stops to rescue human traffickers? Uh, most people who being human trafficked, or, or how about the the two gentlemen who are part of our Facebook group who are Detroit police officers who subscribe to what we teach and were able to stop and save a woman just kidnapped, I think four children at a bus stop, gunpoint, stuck them in a car, and these dudes caught her 15 minutes later because they recognized something was wrong and rescued four children from God knows what was going to happen to them. So when you're at a blue state and you want to articulate that a pretextual stop is incorrect, well, we can argue the latter. And that's why I hired a team of now journalists to write counter articles to all the bullshit that's coming out. So we will publish our own stuff now. You want to publish your side of it? We'll talk about the truth. So, you know, listen, I get it. Uh, in these, I, I tell people these big cities, Philly, Washington, D.C., these are not the places if you're trying to be a cop to go and do proactive police work. Matter of fact, it's quite terrifying to work in a city that would really hang you out to dry and sever your head off 
if you made a mistake because making a mistake is part of any any profession to get better at it right yeah the 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 age of the street cop the day of the street cop is uh, not the street cop the um the cowboy the, the way we used to call them the the cowboys the guys that, that um well if you're that, not complying with the fourth amendment right so it's a different way of doing things so we teach fourth amendment compliance with the tactics and unfortunately for years and still because of this day the training so fucking bad in this country for police officers um guys and girls have the right intention they're just unaware of what they're doing right or wrong so we try to corral that and make it literally compliant with the fourth amendment so to articulate that it's a bad idea to do this it's actually completely wrong matter of fact if you can do it and you understand what the fourth amendment says you can do whether your state's constitution you can be very 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 effective yeah, and the problem happens too is uh, now uh, with with that in the back of your mind, like if you work in a blue city and you're trying to do your job, it, if that kind of stuff is always in the back of your mind, um, am I going to get jammed up for this or uh, could I get in trouble? Am I going to get indicted? Uh, sure. Am I, am I going to get so sued? So leave your blue cities and go to places where you want to be, where you thought your career would go. If you don't like, mm -hmm. I think NYPD lost like 3,300 guys and girls last year or something like that because they smartened up. Right. They, yeah. They, Dade County, they in went... Florida. They came up here to recruit. We've all, you know, the funny thing too is we used to have a situation here because we have Nassau and Suffolk County, Long Island, and they would pick, um, uh, you know, once you got on this job, you would take that test. Right. And then the NYPD would get upset because they would train you uh, the six months in the academy. And that usually costs somewhere, I think, between uh, probably like $80,000 per sixty to $80,000 per. Yeah, I don't know if it's that much because, you know, you got a tuition, you're paying salary. What's a, what's this? What was the NYPD starting salary then? 30 grand a year? Um, It could be. Yeah, yeah, but we have uh, we have 3,000. Uh, yeah, but I mean, per officer, I don't know. If per officer, yeah, like, I, I think know. it's sixty. Yeah, because well, don't forget, you're pay not only paying them, but they're not really bringing in any revenue as far as summonses or anything like that. So it's just Should and they it's six months. Bring revenue in, you know what I mean? I know, but you know, there was a time when I was on the job where that was, uh, you know, we'd we'd go on, um, you know, uh, if we weren't happy with the contract negotiations or something like that, or something happened in the news, we would stop writing. And that seemed to really piss people off because they were counting on that income. And then, you know, now nowadays they they've gotten far away from that. They rather see you not right, not police. They don't want to count. No. But there are just so we're clear, just so we're not having a jaded conversation. There are a significant amount of agencies in the United States that are very very proactive, and still sending their guys and girls out there to do a lot of proactive work. As a matter of fact, this is like the dawn of a new era of interdiction teams that are popping up everywhere. So these crime suppression units, when people realize the impact that they have, these sheriffs and these chiefs and these deputy chiefs, they love them. Not all of them, but there is a significant amount of, there's, there's agencies in New York city, in, in the state of New York that are doing some significant uh, interdiction work. We know it because we're partnered mm -hmm. with a lot of these agencies. They go out and do some real, real impressive stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's so funny because the as far as even with the laws, like, you know, you could do something here in in New York City and then you go and you just happen to cross into Nassau or Suffolk County and do the same exact crime and you wind up doing a lot of time over there and over here. They're just basically letting you go and giving you a desk appearance ticket. Right. You know, the, the whole thing, it doesn't even make any sense. And thank God, you know, most criminals are too stupid to know where the boundaries are anyway. So sometimes you get lucky and they, they actually go away for some time. But um, 
one thing I wanted to talk to you about was a lot of this, uh, the training that I see is you, obviously you have classroom training that, that takes up a lot of it. Um, is there also, uh, attack ops that we're, we're talking about, um, you know, on your feet and, and maybe even, uh, do you have uh, physical training too? Like, uh, I, I would say even jujitsu, is that something that people are right, asking so for? Let's talk about a few things. Number one, let's go back to tactical. So yeah, we have a class now, uh, Rich Bruno, who is a stud firearms guy. I mean, the guy's, a, the guy's amazing. He is doing, we're running classes here locally to start. Uh, and he's cycling through fe all female firearms course. Uh, he's doing a tactical handgun course and a tactical rifle course. So he had one today, as a matter of fact, as we're talking. So today is the 11th of April. Rich had a class today. One of our girls, one of our videographers out there filming him today. So that has gotten a lot of great reviews. Actually, Rich's videos are going viral on social media. Like the first video we put up of him in like a day got 1.2 million views on YouTube. So we're happy with that. Rich is a great guy. He'll be in here tomorrow. Um, talk about a sponsorship from a, a possible gun manufacturer. That's kind of the conversation tomorrow. But we also, the one thing about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu that's tough is you got to understand the dynamic of it. Number one, there's... You're not going to learn much in a day. Um, well, I was in, just throwing that out. Like, yeah, know, I'm just, just explaining so. it. We have a girl, uh, Ashley Cummins, who's a she was ranked top ten females in the world for Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. We'll probably do more stuff with her in the future. We have to build her brand a little bit. Um, but she's excellent. She's tough as nails. She's about five foot one, and she'll probably kick the shit out of both of us, and probably combined. But mm -hmm. she, um, we've discussed this. There's a lot of difficult things to try to achieve in a, from a uh, perspective of where do we have it? Who's going to come? And if you're really interested in training from Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, you know, it's 2022, mm -hmm. you could literally throw a stone and hit a dojo anywhere you want. Everybody's doing it. So, mm -hmm. you know, 21 years ago when I got on the job and however many years ago you got a job, it wasn't even talked about. People didn't take Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Mm -hmm. I remember when uh, ultimate fighting came out, USC, whatever yeah. I was in, in my teens and it was this thing. So, some of the stuff is doable. Some of it's not. But we don't say no to anything. We say, well, let's listen a little bit. So we just had a, I just got a call from uh, two of my instructors. They got together and put together a courtroom testimony class. They go, what do you think? I go, if it works, it works. Let's let's get it out there. Let's These guys and girls need so much training. It's insane. Yeah. You know, that's the one word that keeps coming back uh, from both sides, from people that are pro uh, active police officers and and uh, when you have uh, people like anti-police, they always talk, well, they're not trained properly and they need more training. And yet, you know, training takes time. You put somebody out in the street, if they're working a five-day work week, maybe one of those days every every fifth day should be a training day. Just, you know, and it, on the calendar um, for everybody. This way you get them to work four days. And on the fifth day, they're going somewhere, whether it's to shoot at the range or they're doing some combat training or they're doing learning more about law. Um, you, you know what I'm saying? So here's the difference between somebody who's proactive or pro-police mm -hmm. and anti-police. The pro-police person understands the cops need training. And the more they see it, the happy they are with it. Guess what? I agree. I run a police training company. If we were trained properly, you wouldn't need us. You wouldn't need us. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, that's the sad truth is that they get absolute crap all training. And you know that. Uh, number two. These anti-police people, they can't be appeased. So their agenda is to abolish the police. So don't get it confused. Um, they are no intention of police 
getting trained and coming back out. They really, they don't. I have dealt with these people. Uh, we are now on their radar, which I don't give a fuck about. I'm not pandering to them because I know that our training results in lives being saved at the end of the day. It's the most macro thing that I contribute to this training. So what I've learned is they don't have any agenda to try to actually get the police trained. They just want to defame and, and, and defund and abolish. And that's the truth. And a lot of these reporters, I, I just, def- I just, I just deflect them now. I'm not even playing that game anymore because if I'm not in control of what it says, they just say whatever they want. They can take anything you say and take it out of complete context. And that's the game. And when the former president, uh, Trump, said that it is fake news, he's absolutely right. They're full of shit. I've been subjected to it. They are completely fucking – and we record everything. They're just fucking liars. And when I've you, had it. When you say that um, you're on their radar now, what, what, are, you, what are you saying? Like um, they, Because they, they're trying just, to cancel you? They're not going to cancel me. I'm just saying they're trying to. Uh, that that would so be the eventually the goal is to. Um, they want to get rid of the cops. Yeah, but all the, the training that makes the cops better. For example, if you train somebody really well in law, and they're all and they know exactly what they're talking about on a legal car stop or le- any type of legal stuff, uh, because there's a lot of videos on 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 YouTube right now and everywhere. Where you have these anti-cop people, they, they form groups and they actually go out every day trying to f- fuck with cops and see how much they know. And they stand somewhere and they're taking pictures. I, I just saw one the other day and this guy's standing there taking pictures and he's waiting. Uh, it's a small town. He's waiting to get approached by the police so they can get into this dialogue and he can get them to do something wrong. Thank God those cops didn't do. They they handled it properly. I don't know if you know the video I'm talking about, but um, there's there's people out there that that spend most of their day they waste most of their day trying to uh mess with cops screw with cops last uh, reporter i talked to i said imagine if you did something good with your time for the world imagine if you took your energy and actually did something that was useful <laughs> what, do like what you're doing what um he asked me for a final comment at the end i was going to send that picture that you ever see that picture of the dude on the bed with the big dick the big black guy <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i was going to send that picture back uh, but to be honest with you, I, I just don't care enough to spend any energy in people who are not trying to push progress. And my mm-hmm. response to a lot of this is you want change. You want training. We're delivering what you need, but you're still angry. So what what is it, what is it that you would like? And what they would like, what I figured out is for us to just not be around anymore. And unfortunately, we've learned over the past couple of years that is a very detrimental position for society to take. Because when idiots are in charge, people die. So we can't, we just can't sub- submit that that is a solution. The solution is just the opposite of what everybody subscribed to. And that is to overfund the police and overtrain the police, and you will get better trained police. You have literally sent these people into the field to do a job that may take their life at any minute with, in my opinion, almost no training. Don't tell me they went to an academy because I went to three of them. And I got almost no training. Well, you know, we saw uh, the last five years that I spent on on the NYPD, I worked in the training unit. It was detectives training unit. And a lot of it was um, OSHA, EEO. Oh, good. Great. You know, just stuff that you had to take. That right, you teach, had to take. Like flying while armed and you had to get one day. <laughs> good, good. I had to catch a bad guy flying while armed. Uh, fly, yeah, flying well armed is it was at least that one was interesting because if you're a detective and you have to travel to another state, you want to know how do you get my how, how do I travel with my firearm and not yeah, 10 miss minute my class, flight, right? A 10 minute yeah. class, but we we squeezed all that into one day and that was in service training. 
but we also used to coordinate. I used to, I was the coordinator on several several uh, classes of the, the the homicide course, NYPD detectives yeah, homicide do a good course. Job. Detectives team to get a little bit better training than the regular patrol officer does. And that 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 one we had um, the best of the best. I'm sure coming in and talking about the best homicide division in the country, right? And that's like a statistic. Yeah, and um, one of the things that I saw on your website was um, out of the classes that you teach that I, I was happy to see that yours is called social media nope, and the open s- Nick German. No, so but Nick- I'm just saying it's on yeah. your website, right? Social media and the open source investigation. And when I, the way I got into the training unit was um, I was, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a comic, a stand-up comic and um, I was doing my comedy and I knew about social media at, you know, at its, infancy because i need i used it to promote shows that i was on i had to know about it and i worked with these older detectives that knew nothing about it so i started showing them about myspace at the time myspace was big and then facebook came up and then um there was like me hand to these dating sites and i wound up catching bad guys off of these social media sites so then i started showing the detectives in my office oh you should look for pictures on social media go to this site go to that and then i I put together a PowerPoint, and before you know it, I'm presenting for the chief of D's. Great, and um, which was nerve wracking, by the way. But um, you know, I, I, that's how I got into the training unit because I had created this uh, this lesson plan on how to catch. Now, mind you, it's it was it was basic for the time, but so was social media. I'm sure the the officer that you mentioned, or the person that's teaching yours, is probably knows way way more than what it's I was amazing. teaching, but. But I, uh, for what I was, for, for what I was uh, dishing out there and selling them, uh, people were very, very happy. That's they great. always came up to me after the show, and it is such a resource. It's unbelievable that they're still catching people off of this daily basis. The guy, um, it, there was a guy who just—he's. I just read it today. He, he was caught. Um, he killed two people off of something that they posted about him on on social media on Facebook, but. Um, it's it's a plethora of information where they're going to be, who they're friends with. You figure out that they're part of a clique you didn't even know. You know, all these people were doing robberies in my precinct, and we were catching one at a time, or two at a time, or three at a time. And then I one day I came upon this picture on Facebook, and it was the whole crew. I was like, oh look, I locked up that guy, that guy, that guy, that guy, that guy, and uh, that woman. And you know, you didn't realize, but they're all together in this. Listen, I um. I agree. And to watch what his class does for the world is amazing. And of course, uh, recently there was a article written about him by actually a few different uh, I think business insider did an article on him, Gizmodo, and most recently the University of Westchester, which was very comical because they criticized his tactics. Yet about three weeks earlier, uh, Nick's training resolved the bomb threat. So they didn't mention that in the article. And of course, their administration pandered to it and deflected to a patrolman they claimed that wanted to host the training. And that's just disheartening when somebody, it just tells me one thing that the person was told to say that. So um, again, half fucking reporting, half ass reporting. What about the, how come three weeks earlier when the bond threat was resolved, we didn't, how about the 11 U.S. Marshals that came to his class and in on the break were finding people they were looking for for over a year because of the tools and, and tactics they found. And these people were no longer able to go out and commit crimes. I, you tell me. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, to pander 
or to try to explain. I'm kind of past that point, but I will have the conversation to expose the truth. And that's why we get to stand here today and have this conversation because the truth always wins. It's undefeated. You can't beat the truth. And that's why I can say the things that I that I said. I'm, uh, let me see. Go back to the chat a little bit. We got some new people here. Um, and some of them have, um, they're happy to, they're happy to hear all the stuff that you're saying. Um, Girl Friday, the anti-cop people also wanted affordable bail reform, sending these crummy people back into the, our society. Yeah, that's good that you mentioned that, Girl Friday. As a matter of fact, um, they've done some, they've done, they added a couple of changes to our current bail reform here in New York City. And that's some good news. Uh, so, it's not what it used to be, and they'll keep fighting, but they're really trying to, I guess, get the cat back in the bag over here. Peter Pranzo used to be mandatory sentences for gun possession and violent crime offenses in New York City. No more politics at play. Yeah, that's another thing with the uh, with the guns. Like um, when I'm looking at uh, President Biden and he's talking about the ghost guns. Okay, let's just say for argument's sake that um, you say if you're caught with a ghost gun, and by that I mean a gun that's made from uh, one of these 3D printers, there's no serial number on it, uh, and uh, you get caught one of these. And let's just say for argument's sake you put a 10-year prison sentence for dealing in ghost guns, either making them, selling them, or having them on your person. Um, who's going to enforce that? And why, if you're going to do a ghost gun, why wouldn't you just do a leak? You go back to giving somebody a year mandatory for a real gun. Um, yeah, if you're not I, giving listen, out that sentence, uh, how can you follow through with the other one if you're not going to do any follow through on your sentences? What's the point? I think we're going we're going to end up going around in circles on this because again, this is just discussion of of I like to call it uncommon sense because it's not common sense because sense isn't common. So yeah, it's uncommon sense, and it's just designed to appease politics. That's all. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, you know the anti-gun laws really impactful for uh, for criminals. They're they're abiding by those, but who's got to abide by them? Uh, regular Joe citizen who can't own magazines that exceed ten rounds. You know because uh, you know having a twelve round or a fifteen round magazine is going to make a very big difference in the guy who's not going to commit a crime. Mm-hmm. It's just. It's just so silly. Um, and to be honest with you, I don't even spend time or energy or effort trying to make sense of these things because they don't. What I try to do is find a resolution to what I can do for everything. And I think we got a real shot at making things better. No bullshit. Uh, and I don't mean that from a political standpoint. I mean, I care about the man or woman in uniform who's been failed so badly that they're susceptible to being killed in the line of duty. Well, we're going to fix that. So we're going to make your ability to stay alive a little bit better. And that's what I can control. I can't control Joe Biden or or anything like that. When I was on the job, uh, obviously there's training that you get from the job. But then I worked with a couple of people and they were really into the job and they used to go for outside training. Some of it was covered by the job. Uh, You'd put in for it. Sometimes they'd say yes and sometimes they'd say no. I had a friend that he wanted to go to the the bomb training. They they send them somewhere down where they – you know, they show you about uh, how to build a bomb, how to New take Mexico. apart. Yeah. And then he went to that training and um, he loved it, you know. Uh, but uh, this type of training that you're doing is is exactly what I'm talking about. It's just this that uh, people going to get better training, 
uh, learning real stuff, you know, real stuff that's applicable. You know, you could actually apply it in the street right now. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's not make believe. It's not fantasy. And, uh, you know, the whole thing is how much uh, you're going to come out of your pocket for for something like this. If your department doesn't pay for it, are the classes reasonable rates? What are we talking about here is uh, one day, two days, because uh, I, I, I'm going to show the video of your conference that you have you had in 2021 in a second. Yeah. Listen, I mean, I always tell people this, uh, first of all. What's your life worth? That's number one. Number two, uh, don't wait to be picked. Pick yourself. Number three, how many of you blew money like seventy-four to one hundred ninety-two thousand dollars on a bullshit college degree that's fucking worthless anyway? So, for a thousand to twelve hundred dollars, you could probably take five or six of our individual classes and actually have a whole different career. You could actually go out into the field and have the actual things that you need to be successful. And a lot of that stuff leads to promotion, transfer of assignment over time. Um, they will cut that will always come back. So investing in yourself, namely as a police officer, it's a very, very wise thing to do. Don't sit around and wait to be picked because you may learn something in class that keeps you alive. We have a video we're putting up um, I just gotta write that down in my notes. We had a guy who listened to what we said about tactics on a traffic stop. And guess what? Uh, a couple months after that, he had a situation where the guy's ready to kill him and he played it the way we told him to and he's alive. And he sent us the thing literally saying, I would not be alive had I not taken your training course. So my one-day 10-hour class is the most expensive at $299 for a one-day class. Um, some of our stuff starts around $175 for a case ball. And then anywhere from $175 to $299 is where you're going to find it. Our conference tickets were $499. They're now $599. That's for five days of training in Nashville, Tennessee, with a room rate at a resort of like $218 a night. At the Gaylord at Opry, which is like one of the most profound yeah, resorts. Right here. Yeah. So you can play. What, what month is this? Well, it'll be not- April 28th. Uh, it, you know, it's funny. We're actually fixing our videos. It'll be uh, so far. We have Rob O'Neill and Kyle Carpenter, the guy who killed Bin Laden, the other guy who uh, won the uh, Congressional Medal of Honor for jumping on a grenade. For his friends, we have other people in the works too. You're going to see some other big names. Oh, there. it's but, coming up. It's this month. No, no, no. It's next year. 23rd to oh, 20. Oh, 23rd. Okay. Yeah, right. I'll play the video from the. Um, it's pretty cool, actually. Okay. From, from the. Um, it takes a second for me to get it up here. This is the 2021. This is the original trailer. Yeah. <laughs> What did you do to earn your seat at the table today? Am I harder to kill today than I was yesterday? They put on that badge every morning to serve you. They put their lives on the line to protect you. The first thing that happens with stress is you start losing your small motor skills. So that was actually an older uh, promo trailer of ours. We actually had Marcus Luttrell, too. Have you ever seen the movie Lone Survivor? Um, yeah, I think I have. So Marcus Luttrell was also uh, at the conference as well. So we had the keynote speakers. The big names were Tommy Laren from Fox News. I think everybody knows who she is. Yeah. Uh, she's a doll, by the way. I'm glad I'm, I can now call her a friend. She's wonderful, wonderful human being. 
then we had Tim Kennedy, great guy. Dakota Meyer, I'd call a friend as well. He's one of the Medal of Honor winners. And then we had Marcus Luttrell, obviously uh, a, a national hero. And the movie Lone Survivor was based on him. So what a, what a phenomenal, phenomenal set of human beings that came out. Really, really was nice for everybody to get to experience them. So, you, you know, you can't argue with it. And then on top of that, the amount of content and training we put out, hands down, no doubt in my mind. And I will say this with complete confidence. That was the best police training conference ever in the history of the United States. And I'd like to see if you thought something was better, what you thought that was. Because I've been to a fuckload of these things, and that's what my motivation was to put one on. I'm like, man, how about we do one that's actually good, right? Like, that'd be that'd be where people actually get value. And it's not just bullshit and a hangout and drinking fucking beers. You know what I mean? Okay. So, And people got real value. And by the way, they drank fucking beers too, by the way. Yeah, I was gonna say those aren't bad either. <laughs> no, no, yeah, they drank beers, but like during the you know, day, there was uh, a lot. Of, there was a lot of practical value. As a matter of fact, this past year, I did. I, I performed at two different. Um, this one was called Tac Ops. Do you know Larry Bresnoy? No, he's up. He's he's upstate New York. He's a great guy. You'd like him a lot. And I'm sure you know. I, I probably will probably cross paths at some point. Um, you know, I uh, I I'm. I'm really looking forward to meeting some of these great people in the field. And I don't want to take what I said uh, out of context, but it's mm -hmm. true. I mean, I just, there's no way that in five days you packed in what we did on our first go around. Matter of fact, it was the most uh, rewarding week of my professional career. We honored 30 cops who were shot or severely wounded in the line of duty and gave Medal of Honors uh, awards. And it was a very emotional experience and people really, it was wonderful, wonderful. We actually started a a support group for those guys and girls. And it's grown to over a hundred police officers who are shot in line of duty in this private group that give each other support. And it's actually been very life-saving for them. They get very, very suicidal um, because they've been through some real fucked up trauma. Some of these guys shot six, seven times and they now have somebody to talk to. And it's a very rewarding thing to be able to put something like that together. This is from the last one I went to. I'll show you this video. And this is a, uh... Have you ever seen this? The glove. Yes, they were. They did. A, they had a booth at our uh, at our yeah, conference. Well, this is what happened when I went through it. Watch. These are cool, man. I'd love to get my hands on one of these. Right, let me just peacekeeper pro. Well, you got to have the pad with you. Oh, if you want to do the practice, if you want to do like, so basically I put that glove on and I touch somebody. It's like the hand of God touching them, right? Uh, -huh. that's pretty cool. Look, did you see that? Use it. Go ahead. Can you do it? You want to take me doing it? Go ahead. All right. Go ahead. I want to see this. All right. All right, explain this to me again. What is it? He's going to touch me like the hand of God, and I'm going to take a dive. All right. So, it's a conductive electrical weapon built into a glove. All right. You have to have skin contact to make it work. Okay. It's got to make contact with these pads. It's got to be at least two. If I touch one, I get nothing. If I make light contact on myself, I can tell it's working. So I'm like, okay, it's light contact. I know it's working. Now I can try it on somebody else, right? It doesn't go through clothes. It doesn't go through hair. Right? So I want you to face me. So it doesn't go. So the guy's going to have a short sleeve shirt on? There are other ways you can get around that. We're talking about that. So, but I'm going to have you face me. So, I'm going to grab you by the arm so that you can see that I'm not going to kill you. Just to 
Uh, that was that. That was that. It's awesome. Yeah, that thing really works pretty good, man. There's mm-hmm. uh that thing really it, it I never felt anything like it in my life. We should all we should all get a pair of gloves to go out with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway. um in the 2023 you have the uh and that's gonna be in Nashville, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I just I, I I did one in Nashville too, another conference. That wasn't uh, they didn't have the expo there. That was just uh, a bunch of I'm trying to think which one that was. Was it? Yeah, that was the one that I just showed you right now. Yeah, that was yeah. Nashville. Hey, I've got a question here on the right. I see from Peter Pranzo, Harlem Raiders. Yeah. Uh, anything on stress management and police suicide prevention? I'm glad you asked that because we actually uh, have started a group and we're putting together a support group. We have a in-house clinician, Hannah um, Heyman, actually. She was on my podcast earlier. She's one of our instructors here. She does a phenomenal job. She does a class called Trauma 101. And we're actually putting together a whole series of things for stress management uh, management and police suicide prevention. As a matter of fact, we've had at now at this point over 20 occasions where 20 different police officers have come to one of our instructors, including myself, and said, I didn't kill myself because of you guys. So, um, the podcast is doing wonders and we're able to get a lot of information out. So if you check out the street cop training podcast, you'll hear the Hannah Heyman ones about mental health and awareness and understanding things. Today was actually a phenomenal episode. So I was, we'll get that out and edited pretty quickly, but yeah, yeah I, I subscribed to it Thanks, today man. as a matter of fact. Yeah. And check uh, out the Hannah Heyman one we did today. It's very, very good. You know, it's another good one. Um, people always cry. We interview all those guys and girls who were shot in line of duty, uh, but the one with Mark Oliveri, uh, sorry, yeah, Oliveira. So, did I say Mark? I, you know what it is. We have we got Mark Oliveira who works here. This is um, I am messing this up. This guy was a Massachusetts cop, and uh, he was shot in the line of duty. And it is one of the most profound tear joking jerking episodes you'll ever hear. Mm-hmm. He's a very good speaker. As a matter of fact, he'll be on the board uh, of speakers for the Street Cop 2023. Uh, Mario, sorry, Mario Oliveira. Mm-hmm. It is. Now seven forty six. I've been going since five o'clock in the morning, and I go fucking hard all day. And uh, I can just tell my batteries are starting to deplete. And I got to go home and put to get put down uh, four kids. How so, old are the kids? Eight, six, four, and two. Oh my god! Well, you're not kidding, huh? Yeah, no, I was I was letting it rip. You know what I mean? How many how many naps you take a day? Me? Nah, I don't. Yeah. Probably meditate, eat right, work out. Twice I meditate a day. too. Uh, do yeah. you do you use a guided meditation or you? No, do- Ziva. I went to a course in in the city. Emily Fletcher. Um, she wrote a book called "Stress Less, Accomplish More." Uh, mm-hmm. She's a profound worldwide meditation coach. What was she her name? A- Emily Fletcher. She actually does a lot for the NYPD. She invites, I believe, she still invites police officers and military veterans to take the training for free. So if you check out Ziva, Z-I-V-A meditation, she'll be on our podcast. Um, I think she's coming on next week, uh, but she's, uh, she's got some big time clientele. I know she's been, she's been contracted by the NFL. Um, she's great. What a wonderful human being. And uh, meditation has definitely changed my life. Um, I've only been doing it for a year. I started doing Wim Hof as well. Oh, he's so great. That's, that's how it led to the meditation. That's awesome. I was listening to yeah. a thing with a five minute thing on Wim Hof, Wim Hof last night. He's, he's amazing. Yeah, I do the cold showers. Do you ever showers. hear how, how he, um, I do the cold yeah, showers. Wife, wife yeah, his wife, wife died and he just went and sat in the lake. Well, he was all, he said he was always fascinated by cold water. And the was that's what helped him after his wife had 
uh, committed suicide that he he went and he dipped himself in there and he he realized that the breathing how much how important the breathing is to control you so there's a whole philosophy behind the breathing then the bath or the shower and then uh, I do meditation to, uh, as well but it's definitely changed me it's made, made me a, a much happier person much better the reason why i asked you about the how many minutes do you do when you meditate 22 minutes twice a day the first 20 is my meditation uh minute 21 is an appreciation and the minute 22 is a is a manifestation so i do that first thing when i wake up i get up i make peeps i sit on my couch i cover myself in a blanket get nice and warm I and do i just that go too. yeah so it just goes into a um it's called peaceful surrender is yeah. what it translates to from hindu and I've been doing it for about two and a half years. And I got to tell you, the one thing it helped me mo with the most is when shit hits the fan and when you run a big company, shit hits the fan often. Mm -hmm. um, my body doesn't react uh, in an anxious state. Not that I'm a very anxious person to begin with, but mm. uh, it takes a lot to get me worked up because I've just calmed my body so much. Yeah. 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 I, uh, that, uh, that's um, I was I'm happy to hear that. That. I, I'm looking to learn more about it. I'm going to look this lady up. Check out her and, YouTube uh, videos, man. They're great. Yeah, She's great. I'm going to do it. I do daily calm mostly. I like the guided one. Um, I only do 10 minutes. But then again, when I'm doing my breathing, sometimes we go into 30, 40 minutes. You don't a lot of it, you get lost. But a lot of it is, is meditation in that too because you're breathing and you're relaxing and you're not thinking about anything else except for the moment that you're in. So technically, I'm doing a lot. You know, I'm, I'm probably doing 20 minutes, at least 20 minutes of meditation. It's great, man. Let's see. Uh, just spending time helping oneself is always beneficial to the health of the body and the mind. Yes, it is, Patricia Burns. Well, we all have to take care of each other, and uh, and we have to take care of ourselves. And those moments that you spend uh, together in the moment makes you appreciate the rest of the day. I go out a lot happier now. Um, I think Okie Dokie has a question. I'm going to jump in. It says EMDR for PTSD and, and all the, yeah. So uh, actually Hannah Heyman does something called brain spotting. We're going to start doing that, uh, you know, in our podcast, I'm going to show you some things with that, but yeah, EMDR is a great thing. Uh, this is a year that we've learned a lot about mental health and if we're helping law enforcement tactically and legally and with all these things, um, we certainly can't leave out the mental health side of it. So everything's a lot going on here. We have 22 full-time employees. We have 30 plus instructors in the field, 15 in the hopper, a conference coming up. I'm also uh, got my, got a life, which is pretty minimal about my time, but cause I, I do the seven days a week I have for a long time. And there's a saying that I try to tell people when they say, are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? You guys think about this? It's how do you eat an elephant? You ever hear this one, Mark? No, I'm listening. One bite at so. a time. <laughs> that's, that's great it. yeah, yeah so that makes so much sense I, I i see it all i know what it is i know what it's got to look like and i come in here every morning about 8 30 and i today i literally said to somebody how the fuck is it 4 15 how the fuck is it 4 15 uh, yeah i don't know where it went it, like literally in a blank i'm like how where how did we get here did mm -hmm. i even eat lunch today you know so we're working diligently because i know that every moment matters um i do shut it off when i get home but I am nonstop and uh, I love it. I fucking love it. And I hope that we get enough traction going to uh, save lives. That's really my goal. And Mark, I'm going to have to leave in about two minutes. Okay. I just want to, um, before you go, I just want to know, is there anything that you want me to plug uh, that we haven't done already? Anything? Yeah, that you follow us words? on Instagram, streetcoppodcast, streetcop.com. If you're a cop and you want to check stuff out, 
We're on YouTube. We're on social media everywhere. If you're a cop, join our Facebook group. There's 93,000 members on our in our Facebook. Sorry, almost 94,000 sworn vetted law enforcement officers. Uh, we have nonstop free training. You don't have to pay the VIG to get the training. I never believed in that. We have a ton of free training products. We give a lot of free one-hour webinars. We don't ask anything in return. Um, the only thing is we can only get 1,000 people in those at a clip, and when they're free, everybody comes. And if you see a product with my brand or logo on it, know that it's the real deal and it's not bullshit, and we're just doing things differently. So we're making things – we're making better things to make things better. And that's, that's the fucking game for us. All right, Dennis, I know you got to put the kids to bed. I want to thank you for coming on the show. Oh, I'm so, uh, I'm so thankful. You're, you you're brilliant. You're brilliant. You're doing the right thing, and I wish you nothing but the best. Um, anything that I can do to help pr uh, promote your company, and if you want to come on next year before, um, you know, and, and push the uh, the 2023 conference, let me know. I'm here for you, whatever you need. You're the best, man. I, I got to tell you, every time I work with an L uh, NYPD guy, I just did a podcast with a guy last week in the NYPD. I just, you guys are the best. You know Ralph Friedman is? Yeah, of course. We yeah, had so Ralph's, the, he was our Ralph's, first guest 400 yeah, so Ralph, epi four, 450 episodes ago. <laughs> yeah. Ralph, Ralph's the man, uh, become a very dear friend of mine. And uh, I like to brag a little bit because I'm inheriting Ralph's fucking menagerie of awards when he when he uh, goes to meet Jesus. Or he's yeah. Jewish, so I don't know who he's going to go meet. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to do something. They're gonna, somebody's going to sh sit shiver. Well, I said, I, I said, I said, I was at his house recently, but about, uh -huh. about a month ago, and I said, "What are you going to do? Who is getting these plaques and all this awesome shit you have in here?" He uh -huh. goes, "I don't know." I go, "Please, for the love of God, don't make it go into a box because it'd be a sin." Uh -huh. I said, "Hey, I go, is there a museum you could send all this cool shit to?" Uh -huh. And he said, "Now nah, we're going to give it to you." And then I said, "I promise you, if you give it to us, we'll decorate this whole fucking place with it, That's whatever right. that time is, whatever it's going to be. That's we'll never good. put that away." Um, that's for the world to see. Ralph Friedman's a, a, a doll of a human being, and I'm very, very blessed to call him my friend. All right. Yeah, so are we. Um, and like I said, uh, you're free to go now. Thank you for joining us. I'm just going to say Mark, goodbye. Mark, I appreciate to... it. Thank you so much. All right, Dennis. God bless Bye -bye. you. Thank you. Folks, if you enjoyed tonight's episode, please feel free to uh, check out and uh, consider joining our Patreon. It helps us uh, for everything that we do here getting guests um production value equipment and all that kind of stuff it's police off the cuff at patreon.com also we have youtube memberships if you notice people in the chat they have uh some of their names are in green like milwaukee civilian and uh who else uh peter pranzo and raquel pranzo uh all these people that are that join up Single Mama 4. I didn't see you there earlier. Hello, Single Mama 4. But um, all these people that join up and um, and they become part of the family now. And uh, we really, really, really appreciate you. I hope that you had a, a good time tonight on our episode. And I hope that you stick, uh, stick around. I know Bill has a, a show coming up at 9 p.m. So I'm going to leave a little bit, a couple of minutes early, give you guys a chance to to go do a couple of things before you sit down and, and check out Bill. And on behalf of uh, Police Off the Cuff After Hours, my name is Mark DeMeo, and I will see you today's Monday, Thursday, with a brand new show, and Angel will be back. All right. Bye, everybody. Have a good night, and thank you.